Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Lee Truscott, breakup coach and podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak. And this is episode 67. This is day six, question six from February's challenge, which is a question a day, every damn day from my Break Upward workbook. As you may have heard me say, Yesterday especially was that I was feeling good about this. I've seen results already, and I think the results are just feeling lifted. It's amazing. I mean, it's crazy also that this seems like a revelation for me, but it's amazing how cathartic this process can be and what that does for you. I think that when you really feel like you're showing up for not only yourself, but your pain, your confusion, your stuckness... When you're showing up, you feel like you've got it in motion. You're doing something with it. You know, I think that we feel bad about ourselves. We feel bad about our situation. We don't feel much confidence surrounding change when we really don't see ourselves approaching things in a new way. And it's hard to approach things in a new way. I mean, most people, I'm not one of them, have a regular nine to five. So they get back usually after five, to be honest, and they're just depleted and they want to just turn their mind off. They don't want to turn their mind on to their heart. They don't want to turn their mind on to their pain. So it doesn't end up being healed. And I think why it's most difficult though, and really think about this is you just don't know where to begin. It's a large order to ask someone that is hurting or just feels numb even to begin exploring what it might take to heal. Like what are the questions? What are they questioning? What might those answers be? So instead of just having like this blank slate, which again is intimidating, I use the word daunting a lot. There are a lot of daunting things out there, and I think this is one of them. What I believe is helpful about something like this, workbooks, it's also why so many books are going in the direction of being interactive books. So you read a chapter and there's questions there. And I think it's kind of cool to think about, wow, going back to a book that you had read at a certain time and seeing your answers and being able to relive who you were at that time, because believe it or not, our thoughts transform. And it's beneficial to be able to look back and peer into our old mind frame. With that said, because it's intimidating and you can feel so depleted, you don't know where to begin. So that's why you don't begin on the journey of repairing or confronting yourself. A challenge like this is helpful because somewhat the work is already done for you in the sense that the question is there, the direction is there. You've just got to follow through. And yes, it can be uncomfortable in the beginning, but it's something that is actually, you know, you turn a corner and you feel like it's kind of cool to show up for something again. And I don't know. I don't know if I always think of myself as the challenge person, but I'm liking a good challenge because it feels really satisfying to continue to show up to do it, to prove to myself that I can. And after heartbreak, when things aren't being proven to you, someone's not reaching out to you, you feel like you got to doubt love, you feel like you failed at a relationship, what better way to show yourself otherwise than by 
showing up for yourself, proving things to yourself. If you can't rely on someone else right now to do that, it's up to you to do it. So I see that as the real benefit here. Let's get into it, shall we? Date, February 6, 2019. Today I want to feel in motion. Is that a feeling? I just want to feel... Hmm. I don't know what the feeling is. In motion, I want to feel activated. Okay, let's use that. I want to feel activated. Yeah. Because again, it goes back to when you feel activated, you feel like you're going somewhere, that you're carrying a momentum. I was on a coaching call. I was gifted this coaching session with an executive coach. It was about fear. And her first question to me was, so like, why did you want this session? And I was like, well, I went to this event by myself and that was a way to be of the world and to put myself out there. And that was so enjoyable. But I realized that sometimes like there's a fuller experience to be had. So when it was being offered that 10 people that acted the fastest would get a coaching call with you. I wanted to have the full experience. A lot of my life, you dip your toe in and then you think, ah, wouldn't it have been nice to have put myself in the race, in the running and have gone all the way, like have gotten that coaching call? What would that have done for me? It's always like the what if. So instead of just acting later. I had my phone in my hand. So I put myself up for the coaching call. It was like the first time people that responded to something would get it. So that felt good because I knew that I had some skin in the game, that I was throwing myself into the mix. I was putting myself up for, again, the challenge So maybe something would come from it. The worst feeling is just thinking, oh, I know maybe what might change something, maybe what might influence me, maybe what would make me feel different, or maybe what would help my life advance. But I know those things, but I'm not acting on them. I just got off of a coaching call with a new client and we were talking about the logical place where you know what you should do and then that huge jump into doing it. And she was really underestimating that place where you're so self-aware. I mean, a lot of us sit in denial. We don't want to look. Again, we're exhausted by the end of the day. We feel depleted. We feel numb. And we keep on going into that routine of numbing out, of keeping ourselves distance from seeing what needs to be done. So seeing what needs to be done, seeing not even what needs to be done, but what could be done is a big step. Give yourself credit for it. The second step becomes leaping into action, doing those things. Now, it's an illusion to think that one day the wall is going to drop. One day we're going to be energized and we're going to feel totally confident about this is what we need to go do. This is absolutely it. It's absolutely going to give us this result. We're absolutely going to feel good while going after it, assured. I promise you. That that's a tall order. I rarely think it works out for us in that way. I think that we know what we must do. We get tired enough from not doing it. And we know that the only option is to try to do it. And in the gap, in the bridge between where we are and where we want to be, we try to become 
the person that can do it. Don't try to become the person and then do it. You become the person by doing it. It's the only way you have faith in yourself. Small example, but in the last episode, I spoke about a man whose name I keep bringing up and bringing into these episodes, the author of Love Hurts, Laudro Rinsler, who I keep on thinking I butcher their name. I got to stop saying that I'm butchering it and just say his name. Okay. Anyways, I said that like, you know, I've been reading his chapters. They've had a big influence on me and maybe I would pitch to him. So I pitched to him and he wrote back today and he said, yes. He said, yes, only like in less than 24 hours. So it's those things. So I used to be someone that would have these ideas, that would have the people that I wanted to, for instance, pitch to. And I feel like whether it's just that the conversation would be really satisfying, whether it was just me knowing that I was going after the people that I wanted, it was from me feeling like, okay, like maybe if I tapped into his audience, what could that do? The possibility is there. Oh my God, what would my own audience think about his words? Would they keep on showing up for Thank You Heartbreak? If they really loved that conversation, what would they get out of it? But a big one is what would I feel about my mission if I started going after the people that really resonated with me, that really lit me up? So there's two options. I can wait for the day where the podcast speaks for itself and he thinks of me. He wants to come on my podcast. I could wait for the day where there's 122 reviews of my podcast. So the podcast, again, speaks for itself and I don't have to sell it. Or, or, or I could reach out and sell the podcast. Or maybe that's too intimidating. Maybe that's too salesy. Or I could just reach out, tell him what the podcast is, tell him why I think he'd be great, and very shortly ask him to come on and do it now while I have that real thirst rather than waiting in losing sight of that dream and not believing I can act on it, doing it now. So I'm becoming the person that does it now. And that's rewarding me. Not always do I get a response from people I pitch to, but it's almost 50-50. And still it feels good that I'm acting on the things that I really want to do, that I know that I'm keeping things in motion. I'm showing up. So he said, yes. And again, it goes back to, trying to just stop making things so hard for yourself and stop waiting. Let's get into the question since I had the fantasy of keeping these at 10 minutes and then you put a mic in front of me and it becomes 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. And let's just get into the question. Today's question is kind of like the question a few days ago, I think, where it took me back to the question from the day before. And I'm like, oh God, I thought I was done with this question. So no, no, no. Day six is asking me to dig deeper about day five. Day six question is turn back to yesterday and reflect. If you had said something at the time, how might this have saved your relationship or relieved you of certain feelings down the road? Give yourself time today to think of what could have happened had you not overlooked the feeling that something was off and had called attention to it at the time? What might you have saved yourself from? Why would that have made such an impact? So as I say this question, I'm going blank. I'm drawing up blanks. 
If you're just tuning in and you didn't listen to day five, I said that a moment that to me showed me that something had changed in my relationship was when I was on vacation with my now ex. And I think it was a sobering moment of our lives just don't match and we're not going to be able to merge our lives. And it was this moment where I was really crying for the first time and it was just uncontrollable. I had never had that when I was, I've had that in other relationships, but never with him when I was just scared, scared about this reality that I was seeing. And I had read it on his face. I could see it in his mannerisms. And I think that we were both too scared to address it. I actually, now that I am going back to it, I, I remember being in bed with him and I had done this before. It was in a different sense, but it was in the dark and we would talk in the dark about some things that scared us. And so I think that people really challenge a lot of the times to open up to their partner and they don't know how to do it. They don't know when to do it. It's going to be a big confrontation. And I think sometimes being in the light can make it seem so sobering and serious and scary. And I think that there are other ways of opening up and I know that for me, I didn't do this in every relationship, but there was something that could happen when the lights were off and we were both in bed together side by side. We could say things to each other, or I sensed that maybe he could open up more that way. And it felt more intimate than confrontational. It felt like we were exposing secrets and fears and really love rather than fighting and defending something in the bright light of the day. So maybe that's something for you to consider. How can you have conversations that can feel less confrontational and just you opening your heart up to a fear that you're having or something that you're seeing that's scaring you. And that was what I talked about yesterday is that the shift that I noticed, part of it was that I was experiencing a sadness about how this reality that we saw for ourselves, that we were going to go to the end together, that we were going to get married. I think that we both saw that that really might not be able to happen. And rather than being anger toward that, there was just a sadness. I think that there was a real sense of sadness. And that is what I noticed. I was saying yesterday that in the past, I would have said, okay, I could have done this and that, and maybe that would have got us back on track. Maybe I could have probably not accepted that reality. So I would have looked at the fact, okay, if I was sensing that we were both realizing that we weren't going to make it to the end together, that we were going to have to break up, there was an expiration date, what could I have done for us that would have changed that reality that would have made it so there was no expiration date how could i have revived the relationship and now i'm saying that well instead i'm realizing that how could i just have accepted that reality with him not just myself but with him how could we have accepted that reality together so instead of trying to revive the relationship we could have refined it we could have 
um, respected it more. I think that's really it. How could we have respected the relationship we had rather than turning it into something that it wasn't ever going to be rather than putting on the rose colored glasses of no, we're really going to marry each other. And then resenting the reality that that wasn't going to happen rather than pushing each other away because we knew that we weren't going to make it to the end together rather than living in denial. What could we have done to accept the reality? And if we wanted to stay together, respect each other as much as humanly possible to be as loving as humanly possible to acknowledge each other, to take our relationship as far as possible to look at each other and see what we were offering, what made this relationship so different and to live in that difference too. So I said yesterday that the fact that, you know, I was calling it perks, the perks of that relationship was there was two children that he invited me into their world. So if I realized that we weren't going to be together, but we wanted to stay together as long as it seemed right, well, I could have taken advantage of that relationship and what I saw as the change that we weren't going to be together. And I would have created more moments with the four of us, with his children, since that's now something I really, really miss. How instead of protecting myself from things I knew I was going to miss, I could have had more of that. How could I have had more love? How could I have offered more love to those experiences? If I miss the part of myself that got to kind of act like motherly, that could have acted more like a child, that could have felt like I was in this family. How could I have created more moments like that for us? You know, this is the thing. I think that we realize that, okay, the love, quote unquote, had to end, the relationship had to end. So I feel so hurt about that. I feel so pain. Was it worth it to have loved this person? Well, if I'm not with them, I shouldn't have loved them so much. But what I feel personally is that it was absolutely worth it, even though I have felt pain. And if I could do anything differently, I would have wanted to love even more. Knowing that not everything is meant to last, not everything is ours, but it's ours for that moment in time. So how could I have given myself more to it? So why do I think that addressing that with him openly about what I was seeing rather than just stomaching it on my own, wondering whether if he really noticed this, what we were going to do about it, if I could have come out in the open and addressed what I felt was we were both realizing we weren't going to be able to be together, how could that have changed it? How could have calling attention to it? Well, maybe we would have been able to be much more intentional rather than like, both being panicked in our own way about how the relationship was changing and the sadness and feeling like we're on an island all on our own and we were having to kind of grieve or prepare ourselves, how could we have come together? Maybe that really would have changed something. And I think intention is everything. So what might that have saved me from? It would have saved me from feeling estranged. It would have saved me from um, I think just the fear, the, the sadness that this relationship wasn't it. I think what's hard is when you have that first anxiety of, oh my God, I've been so in this with someone. This love has made me feel like I'm so in it with someone. And this is such a contrast to that I feel so alone in it. I feel like 
the weight of me going to be alone, that we're not going to be like this forever. And I feel like instead of maybe separating myself from him with those feelings and the grief of that, maybe opening myself to him with the grief of that really would have helped me instead of like sensing the reality that there was an expiration date and not wanting to be open about that because then it would turn it into something real or maybe it would hurt him or maybe it would make me just feel the weight of it even more. I think that the loving thing to have done maybe would have been to talk with him about it. Is there any way that we can talk about this reality and try now to show up for ourselves? A really, really great episode was with Megan Flaherty, and she talks about how when she broke up with this man that she loved, her best friend, she still lived with him. And they had this bond where they're like, how are we going to help each other move past this relationship? We are each other's best friends. Is there any way to support each other as we figure out this new life that we're going to have to have? And no one understood how they were able to do that. And she says that she was so happy that she didn't listen to anyone else because it was the best thing for them. And they're still best friends to this day, even though they both are married. So is there any way to be there for each other while you're in a position to be there for each other and to openly acknowledge where you're at rather than hide from where you're at. Why would that have made such an impact? I feel like it's just living with more honesty. Now, this might not be worth much to people. For me, though, that like integrity in life is what I feel inside, I act on the outside. And that's important. And I feel like when I start denying that, that's when I start to suffer. So if I have this like reality or like this, yeah, this, this sense of, oh my God, we're not going to be together. And then I start pretending like we are and like, just try to like stuff that really, that emotion down. That's when I start like kind of hating myself, which actually makes me think about how when I had that revelation about him, instead of talking to him about it, this just hit me. I started talking to everyone else about it. I mean, legitimately, I'd meet people in the street and would just fly out of my mouth. I remember like running into someone I hadn't seen in years. He was on a skateboard and he asked me about my relationship and it just flew out of my mouth. All like the fears I had, all the anxieties, why this wasn't going to work out. And I hated myself for it, but I couldn't help myself. And the reality was it's because I wasn't talking to who I was with about it. And that was like nauseating to me because he was really the person I could talk to. And I abandoned that. And being so out of alignment, I felt like I was betraying him. I was betraying us. So the impact it would have had on me is that I wouldn't felt like I was wronging him and wronging us and airing all of our laundry out. It didn't help me. It never satisfied me talking to other people about it because I wasn't talking to the source about it. I wasn't resolving anything. I was just airing shit. Nothing was helping by telling everyone else. It was just heightening the drama and further displacing me from the person that I loved and the person that I was really in it with. And what happened was, is I became more and more detached from this person and I think it hurt him more. And I think that detachment made me fall out of love, act like I was out of love, 
when I didn't necessarily need to do that or want to do that. And so it would have saved me. It would have saved my face, saved face, as they say. I wouldn't have been just a hot mess around everyone else talking about us, trashing us in a sense. And I would have savored us more. I think it would have been more sacred. I think it was a sad moment for me to realize we weren't going to be together. And I, by going to him with that, about that, maybe with the lights off and just maybe crying about it truly then, and instead of acting with such fear, opening it up with love, it would have allowed it to feel more sacred. Yes, there would have been pain that I would have to go through, but at least it would have been a loving expression instead of such an isolating expression by myself of the pain that I was resisting. I hope that answered something for you and maybe gave you something to think about. Here is the quote for today. You won't believe who it's from. Coco Chanel. The most courageous act is still to think for yourself. Aloud. The most courageous act is still to think for yourself aloud. I have to say, it does feel courageous speaking aloud, thinking aloud. How we say that writing is a way of finding out what you even think, finding out what you know, finding out what you understand, but you're really seeing your thoughts on the page. Well, when I talk like this, I don't have any thoughts before me. I don't have any anything written out. So I don't know what I think about any of this really until I start going. And it's a vulnerable thing to put out there. I'm not going to diminish that. I mean, I remember doing yesterday's episode and I was really pumped. I spoke about that. But then when I put it out there and I listened to it back, I was like, oh God, that was just so, it's like indulgent. I don't want anyone to listen to that. You know, could I have been more refined when I was speaking? Could I have been just blah, 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 blah. So it felt intimidating to let that episode just be out there. But it's self-accepting too. It's acceptance. And that's what this podcast is after. I mean, other people come on this podcast and they open up so deeply about themselves that literally has brought me to tears. I haven't put those episodes out yet. They're coming. I've been in tears on my podcast recently with the stories I have heard. And that's courage right there. So for me to expose to you guys really where I'm at, where it's not all thought out, it's not all it's not a controlled form. I'm not going over and polishing everything. I think we need more of that in the world of people that are willing to show themselves as they are right now. For me, it's 936. It's a Wednesday night. It's raining outside. And this is just where I'm at right now. And I'm going to allow that to be okay. It's courageous just to be thinking and saying it out loud and letting it be whatever it is, knowing that, okay, I could have collected my thoughts more, but this is a human moment. And if I can have it here where thousands of people are listening, then I hope that you can give yourself permission to do this as well. Don't let your own judgment or what you think other people are going to think about it stand in your way of figuring out what you think, of talking your way into a higher understanding of yourself and your situation. 
Give yourself permission to go there with yourself, to be human, to just be alive to yourself wherever you are at right now.